0: Hello, My name's Paddy, I'm the Mind Guy. I'm a mental health advocate and logistics consultant and I've helped hundreds of logistics professionals with their mental health challenges both in and out of the workplace. April is Stress Awareness Month so I'm speaking to professionals from across the industry about stress to find out what they've got to say. Today I've got a little bit out of the box and I'm joined by Chris Wilson. Chris apart from being one of my friends, is a coach and consultant as well as an account manager with WPA Health Insurance. Hi Chris, how are you?
1: I'm very well Paddy, how are you? I'm
0: very good, thank you. So I should explain the reason that I've asked Chris to join us today, given that you're not actually from the logistics industry at all, are you?
1: Uh, No, but I have been probably, even this afternoon I was caused some stress by a logistics driver potentially encroaching on my lane, so I. I'm not in the industry, but I do feel the stress perhaps that could be the result of some of the people that are in your industry. Excellent.
0: I mean, let's let's just be very aware of our audience. <laughs> they are
1: very good drivers, I have to say. It was more me encroaching in their blind spot as opposed to the person encroaching on my lane. I'll take responsibility.
0: Excellent, good, good. Um, so Chris runs a group called Midlife Men's Mindset and that's been designed to enable men to get out of the messy middle. And I think that's really appropriate for logistics because uh, according to a report by, the, by Logistics UK called the Skills and Employment Report from 2021, the average age of a UK truck driver is 50.8 years and 83.4% of the industry are men. So slightly more shockingly, according to the same report uh, in the same period, 100% of managers in transport and distribution are men. So clearly, obviously, there's a lot of work we need to do industry-wise. We spoke to Claire Bottle about this as well from the UK Warehouse Association to work on the diversity. But Chris has devoted a lot of time and a lot of energy to working with people in our specific demographic that that is the majority of our industry. So Chris, can you tell me what sort of drove you to go in that direction? What sort of drove you into midlife men's mindset?
1: Well, to be honest, Paddy, it was my own personal journey, either encroaching into it or going through it. And I found actually that the words shame, guilt, self-persecution and anger sometimes would erupt in me looking backwards from the point of, I am now a midlife, and perhaps I have some regrets. And then looking forward on the principles of momentum mori, of, well, I haven't got as much left perhaps as I've already used. And that in itself is quite a stressful sort of equation to be in the middle of. You can't do anything about what's happened. I and mean, when you're looking forward, you've got less in the sand timer than perhaps you started out with. So it causes you stress just thinking, oh my goodness, I haven't used my time effectively and going forward I've got a diminishing amount of time left so therefore I must make the best use of it so it was that realisation for me that that's a very difficult equation to balance but there are steps that we can take to try to make the best of every minute that goes forward as opposed to sitting in self-persecution about what we've not done so far
0: yeah, no that makes sense and I I imagine and i'm sort of guessing here i imagine there's a certain level of almost grief or or grief-like feelings when you sort of have that realization and i imagine from your experience does that sort of tend to sort of either paralyze someone or or push them forward and really boost them onto doing different things
1: yeah and i think that's the the difference perhaps between man and woman is that from our you know, way back to our primitive ancestral genes, we were designed to to be the trailblazer, the hunter, the leader. And therefore we weren't programmed to be vulnerable or to be shown weakness. And yet in the modern day world we can go to Alvey, Morrison's, Waitrose, pick up whatever food we want. We can swipe left or right, depending on where we are, to find our next mate. And therefore, those conditional factors to be a man are perhaps less important. But still, our own primitive brain is programming us to not be as forthcoming with perhaps our opinions as as, as we should be. And my Midlife Men's Mindset project is really just trying to say to people, hey, it's a safe place. It's a vulnerable place. If you want to share some of your innermost regrets or feelings, then Let's get it out there. But a feeling shared is better than a feeling suppressed because once it's out, it's out from within us and now. Not eating us up inside.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of people and so, certainly myself. I'm nowhere near my midlife, I hope. Um, but I think a lot of people find that once you do release that and you have and, that, and you put it almost put it out into the universe, it becomes a lot more manageable. A, a lot of thoughts, you know, a lot of kind of stress and a lot of kind of anxiety and that sort of thing becomes a lot more, a lot less overwhelming once you have that that release. That's the reason we we encourage people to journal a lot, you know, any form of journaling, whether that's writing or, or talking or walking or whatever, but any form of getting thoughts out, processing them and, and acknowledging them and accepting them for what they are, which is just a thought, basically. Right.
1: I agree journaling is a very good discipline, but also journaling in the right way. If you read Daniel Pink's book, which is all about regret, he actually suggests that, and there are studies that back this up, journaling in a negative way, actually talking about the things that you didn't do, is almost more therapeutic than positively writing about the things that you did do, because the negative journaling allows you to look at your journey and then take lessons from perhaps your failures as opposed to the self-gratulation point about your positives. And the other thing about going through midlife, both for women and for men, is that there are very significant changes in our biological aspects of humanity. And in men in particular, we have a suppression of testosterone, our ability to process fat and metabolic rate decreases. And also there are some eh, human things about being a bloke that it might become a little bit more difficult with. and. All those things can cause stress. If you look in the mirror and see more fat than you used to have, less muscle than you, you, know, you might see on Love Island, and you're also being programmed to be the virile man in the bedroom, and that ain't working, well, that's a concoction of stress right there, and that's not <coughs> easy to control, and that's even e- less easy to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So from your kind of experience of of working with quite a number of men who are going through that same that same journey what's the kind of common themes that you find what's what's the common stress triggers for them
1: goodness me well i think that the biggest thing is just feeling lonely that it's not something that they should be talking about and there are some really good Mechanisms now to allow that to be talked about in a safe space, like Andy's Man Club, and uh, the the Shed Project, and many others. But particularly, I guess for your industry in stress uh, logistics, there are some places that are lonely, whether it be lay buys or services, or driving on your own in a cab, both train and lorry. And there's a lot of time for the brain to, you know, just to think and the common thing that I find is that when you allow the brain to continually manifest negative thoughts that are all consuming it then impacts on things like sleep, you wake up at one o'clock in the morning and think I can't get to sleep I must get to sleep, I can't get to sleep and then two o'clock comes three o'clock goes and then you realise that you haven't got sleep and that's going to impact on the next day and it's a self perpetuating cycle that's this a slippery slope and from that sleep deprivation you make bad nutrition choices bad nutrition has an impact on gut which has an impact on health immune system and it's just this, this concoction of of awfulness so the thing that I find is most common is that we're just not willing to say hey I'm having a bit of trouble here and I need a bit of help And once they're willing to let that rope go and say, do you know what? I want to talk about this. It's then like Niagara Falls. It all suddenly then starts gushing out. But only when they know that it's okay to not be okay. I know it's such a cliche, but it is that point. That once we pop the balloon, it all just comes flooding out. And then it's almost as if you can see, you can sometimes see the person just going, oh, it's so good to talk and it's so good to have empathy and particularly when we do that sometimes in a group environment it's like, so you find yourself at two o'clock in the morning as well wondering what's happened and you find yourself sitting down in groups of men sometimes saying the right thing but actually your conscience is going oh come on Paddy, wake up that's not really you yeah, yeah, actually that's me too and when you have this me too it's this Oh, okay, all right. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, and then also sudden, suddenly everybody suddenly starts talking about the things they never would have talked about, and think, oh, I wish I'd done this two weeks ago.
0: I'm so, I'm so glad we have the same experience of this, because I, I deal with a lot of a lot of kind of uh, uh, those almost those kinds of groups and dealing with when I'm going into workplaces and talking about this kind of stuff. And it's amazing when you see the the number of people who kind of once one person starts talking, it just becomes it's great it's amazing because you can feel the room just kind of go "Ah." and one of the things that we that when we you've kind of hinted around it is to do with stigma and obviously stigma we when when i'm teaching about mental health things like that we talk about stigma being a massive killer because it's the sort of thing that stops people from talking and when it stops people from talking it gets them ruminating when they start ruminating it just festers and becomes a problem and one of the biggest forms of stigma we find is self stigma actually it's the stigma behind people going i shouldn't feel like this the fact that i feel like this means that there's something wrong with me i am broken i'm the problem things like that we find it a lot of the time we find it a lot of the time with people experiencing uh, chronic illness we find it quite a lot of the time with people who are struggling with their sexuality we find a lot of people in those kind of arenas experience this self stigma that says I am broken, I am a problem. And like you say, when you almost break the back of that and you sort of, like you say, pop the balloon, people just gonna go And you realize all the things you should be saying to yourself, which is, oh, it's okay to feel like this. There's nothing wrong with you feeling like this. This is just natural. This is normal, whatever, is all the things that everyone else would say to you and that you would say to other people, which I just find fascinating.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing you talk about there in terms of stigmatism is that when you know that you're being fraudulent to yourself and also to others because you're hiding behind a mask, I think that in itself is a stressful environment to live in because 24 hours a day, you're looking at the version of yourself that isn't congruent to the person that you know is in you. and But then the more that you make the lie, the more that you have to continue that And one of the things that I've learned is it's just easy to tell the truth because no matter where you go in life, you know that if you tell the truth, you never have to worry about what you've said to who to when at what point. Uh, But when you get into a a, a perpetual deceit situation, you're always going to find yourself outed at some point because you can't remember everything you said to everybody at every time. So if that is you listening and you're living a life that isn't really congruent to the person that you know you are, that's stress. And I would really encourage you to start living tomorrow more authentically, more truthful to the people that are supposed to matter to you. Because if they matter to you, it doesn't matter who you are, what you believe in, or what ethics or or sexual genre or race, creed, politics you have. Because if they matter to you, it doesn't matter to them what you represent.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I Couldn't agree more. It's really, yeah, uh, and and like you say, it, it's one of those things that when you discover someone who is, and you know, it happens in my line of work when you discover someone who is sort of hiding that and it, and is living is essentially living a lie. You can feel the tension in them, and you can feel that when they actually finally do sort of go this is what you know this is what you can it it, it's weird It just feels like they've just gone they've just chilled right now it's incredible
1: and you know the worst conversation is the one that starts with if only they told me yes if only he'd said something he he seems like such a nice guy that's the it's the most painful conversation to hear because we're helpless then to do anything about it But the person who's caused that, if only he told me, needs to be reflected, to have responsibility, the person that didn't allow themselves to be vulnerable. But also we as the people that are experiencing that conversation have to be willing to have time and a safe space and a safe place for those vulnerable conversations to happen. And I guess I, I fully applaud you for what you're doing this month in terms of making stress such an important subject because it's such a small word, but it has implications to so many people, so many environments, so many families, workplaces, and even from your perspective, the logistics. Yeah, we know how big trucks and trains are. And if, if one of those things goes wrong, the implications are not just for the singular driver but to also to passengers, to other road users uh, and, and many other people that can be impacted by that by way of uh, you know, emergency services uh, and other things.
0: 100%. 100%. So Chris, just because we're fast, vastly running out of time your what is your top tip for somebody going through their midlife?
1: Well for me it's about just having a having a weekly check-in with yourself and I call it a, a periscope session where you you know you literally diaryise in an appointment with yourself and you say where have I come from where am I today and where am I going and to ask yourself some questions about was I happy with what I've just achieved this week if not what am I going to do about it and that's the key is to take responsibility For the path that you've trodden and make the next step better than the last step you took. So, a weekly check in with yourself, proper check in with yourself, whether that be 10 minutes, five minutes, but really saying, where am I? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling that? And what can I do to try to make those emotions more positive?
0: That's great advice. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And to the listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to
1: us and I'll speak to you all next time.